Come Follow Him podcast. This podcast is created by the Boise Nampa Institute of Religion for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here, we hope to help young adults find relevant principles each week as they study the assigned Come Follow Me scripture block as outlined by the church. This episode is simply two institute teachers talking about what they see in the scriptures that might be relevant to your life. It is not intended to speak for the church or to definitively define doctrines or policies. Any opinions shared here are just that, our opinions, as we have learned to come follow Him. I'm your host, Matt Swenson. Let's jump in. Welcome. Welcome back. It's good to be with you again. Uh, this week, uh, I'm excited to be with my friend Will Johns, um, who uh, this whole podcast concept came uh, together with. Uh, in fact, when we when we initially talked about this, uh, it was with you. Yeah. And we were going to just do it, you and I, yeah. just uh, bouncing back and forth, and it was going to be every week that way. And and then the Lord had His way, and you got moved, and <laughs> and so now yeah. I'm. Uh, running from place to place from week to week. So yeah. um, I'm excited to be with you and get your thoughts today. Uh, let, let me just let, let you introduce yourself a little bit to the, to the people out there. What, uh, what would you have to know about you? Yeah, so I've been teaching seminary institute for about seven years now and kind of gotten to be all over the valley yeah. in different locations, and yeah. that's been cool. And yeah. um, recently got moved from being at the institute to out to Middleton, which is where I live, and which has been a you know pretty awesome experience getting to teach some of the youth in my ward and yeah, right. interacting with the priesthood leaders that I associate with on Sundays and that's cool. So yeah, we sure miss you down at the institute. Yeah, I we, miss uh, being there. I love I love the young single adults. Yeah, you, you yeah. sure do. It it's a, it was a blessing to have you down there. Your your capacity to gather is unprecedented down there. So we're we're missing you for sure. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, uh, married. You got kids? Yeah, yeah. So my wife and I have been married for 11 years now, and we've got four boys, eight, six, four, and two. You going to try for the girl? No, no, no girls. (laughs) Four is enough, brother. That's fun, that's fun. (laughs) Well, thank you. It's good good to be with you and excited to jump in. We're we're still in Jeremiah today. Uh, This week we're covering, uh, I think, the latter part of Jeremiah, generally. Yeah. Um, And we're going to start into chapter thirty of Jeremiah today. Is there any context or anything you want to give us there? Is there just, just jumping us in? Yeah. So I think one thing, you know, as you read the book of Jeremiah, it's the second longest book in the old Testament next to Isaiah. And, uh, in kind of context, you know, Jeremiah is living at the, uh, the same time that, that Lehi is around. And so there's, there's a lot that we know from the book of Mormon that's going on. Uh, but one of the things to note just about Jeremiah is he, he's sad. Yeah. He's been sad, and and a lot of his message may appear as sorrowful or sad, and because mm-hmm. he's really telling these people, you know, listen, you have stopped living your covenants, you've stopped following the God of Israel, mm-hmm. and the Lord is going to destroy Jerusalem. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of suffering and a lot of bondage and a lot of things that you're going to have to go through. Yeah, and they're generally kind of towards the beginning of that captivity of Babylon, right? Yeah. At the beginning of yeah. the stages. So. so a lot of his message <laughs> appears to be kind of this sad, um, I don't know if dark's the right word, but just a real sorrowful feeling of seeing these people be led down into wickedness. And I, and I just want to start there with relating to my own personal life. And I have had experiences where I have 
seeing people I love mm-hmm. stop keeping their covenants. Sure. And you, I I've, can potentially relate to Jeremiah a little bit. I'm not necessarily re- receiving revelation for them, but but it doesn't matter what you say to these people. I mean, they have made up their minds and they have chosen their path. Yeah. And it is extremely sad to watch. Yeah, they're going to go that way. They're going to go that way. And and so I've it, it seems like since I've joined the church, which has been about 14 years now, uh, maybe a little bit longer than that, but yeah, about 14, 15 years, some of the best people I know have left. Yeah. And and not only left, but have... In angrily my, left. Well, angrily <laughs> left, but, but not only that, have just gone so far into the world of sin oh. that it's... It's just sad. Yeah. It's sad to watch. And so so in some small way, I feel like I can relate to the, maybe the sorrow, the sadness that Jeremiah feels when he's trying to tell these people, like, come on, like, yeah. listen to these words, be safe, be protected, like, follow the words of God, follow this revelation. Yeah. But nobody's, not very many people are wanting to hear it. Yeah, no, you know, it's something that, uh, that I think in small glimpses, I think you and I in our assignment have a little bit of an opportunity to see. We... I think the Lord allows us uh, to see the countenance of of our students sometimes, uh, so that we know how to help and we, we can we can be able to help really right. But yeah, but um, but the, the, there are there are moments where I know a message being shared is directly for one kid, even though I have no idea what's going on in their life. And those moments when they happen, and they're fairly infrequent for me, but but when they happen, they're heavy. They're uh, they're serious moments, and yeah. moments that, that you hope they they listen and they're paying attention. And half the time they get up and go to the bathroom, right when you're yeah when you're feeling that right. Yeah, seriously. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, so so kind of leading into this, you know, Jeremiah is is tried to warn these people, um, but in these few chapters, we're going to take a look at. He begins to talk about how the Lord will will gather His people. Yeah, He's going to gather Israel. It's the last days kind of stuff. Yeah, kind of last days. Um, and uh, kind of interesting because, you know, we read these scriptures that are thousands of years old. And yet when you read it, it's like, wait, is this 2022 or is this thousands of years <laughs> yeah, ago? <right. laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, he begins to kind of talk about the gathering of Israel in uh, chapter 30 of Jeremiah. And uh, maybe we'll just dive in and take a look at a few verses. Sure. But um, as you take a look in here, it's kind of interesting. Verse five, for thus saith the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Mm. Ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness. And I think that's kind of an interesting verse. Yeah, dude. But, um, you know, essentially, when you think about the destruction and the captivity and all of the hardships that these people are experiencing and will experience, um, you know, he likens it to some very serious pain yeah. that people experience in mortality. And I love that he just puts there that their faces would be turned into paleness. Mm. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a state of shock or awe, but oftentimes people's faces go pale. Yeah. You know, I just wonder, too, I think Jeremiah, in this case, he may be wondering, too, like, you know, as he's watching these people, just think, you know, if you'd have just listened. Yeah. You know, if you just heard, heard the voice of the Lord. Yeah. You know. It would it could have been so different. Could have been so different. Well, I I, I like that verse. It's interesting. There's no cross reference on that yeah. verse. Like nobody knows what that yeah. means. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seriously. But but you know maybe and I, and I, I see it in our our day today. It's interesting how he uh, correlates the experiences that the men will have 
to the feminine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as a woman in travail. And, and I think of our day where masculinity is so depraved and deprived and, and shut down. And, and I, I just, I wonder if some of the, some of the conflicts of our day are because of that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not, not, it has nothing to do negative towards the feminine at all. Right. Right. But, but that the masculine and the, these people were taken captive, right? Mm-hmm. What what more demasculating event can you have than some other country coming and taking you out of your house right. and walking you up to wherever they want you to live and, yeah. and you live in their houses and wherever they tell you to live, right? Yeah. There's nothing about providing for your family that comes from that, right? right. And so that concept of, of the feminine feeling of, of needing to be dependent on and um, maybe is, is something that's maybe just alluded to there and I see yeah. it in our day. A lot that, uh, especially um, the younger generations, are just not sure where they where they fit and yeah. how they how they should sustain and support themselves, man wise or or whatever. And that's, again, not negative to yeah. the female at all. Just the, the masculine roles have been maybe diminished a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I thought that was an interesting introduction into what he's about to teach because he you know he essentially relates kind of the pain of this destruction you know potentially to you know, some, some physical things that we may be able to imagine. But then he says, and then, then he kind of goes into more of a hopeful message. Verse 8, For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck and will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him, but they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. And, um, and then I just love the part in verse 10. He says, Therefore fear thou not, O my servant Jacob, saith the Lord, neither be dismayed, O Israel, for lo, I will save thee from afar. And then verse 11, for I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee. Though I make a full end of all nations, whether I have scattered thee, yet will I not make a full end of thee, but I will correct thee in measure and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. Mm, That's cool. Yeah. So I loved that, that, uh, you know, here he is kind of transitioning from, you're going to be in bondage. You're going to experience all this hardship and sorrow and all these things. But I will gather yeah. Israel as I promised before and as I'm promising again. Yeah, that's cool. You, you know, I, li- I like in there it, it talks about uh, verse 11, though I make a full end of all nations, whither I have scattered thee. All the nations that we are currently split up into will be done away. He said in verse 9, uh, David will be their king, right? Well, we know that... The, that's a reference to the Savior, right? That yeah. Of the of the line of David becomes comes the Savior, and um, it, it's interesting. A little later on, we're, we're going to get to it, but um, but in Ezekiel, um, it talks a little bit about that same concept of all the nations becoming one, and we're all gathered together into one. Um, but but uh, with the Savior being the head, right? Yeah. And that there's a so much safety and security in Christ being the the King. Right mm-hmm. when the guys when the when the king is perfect and has suffered everything for everybody and been the perfect uh, minister, uh, how wonderful that he gets to be the the king and and how how willing will we be to let him be? Yeah, right? definitely. That's cool. Yeah, I love to think of the the savior. You know, you, you, there's all these great kings that have lived throughout history, but no one will be greater. No one has been as great yeah. or ever will be as great as as he. Yeah. And, and and we will have zero desire to replace him yeah. ever, right? Yeah. How cool is that? That's pretty awesome. Yeah. 
So in in kind of um, the spirit of what you just said, you know that uh, that the, the, the Savior is going to return. He's going to establish his. He's going to establish the gospel, the gathering of Israel, all these different things. Uh, uh, Jeremiah tells these people that uh, the gathering will occur through the establishment of the new and everlasting covenant. Mm-hmm. And so as we jump over to Jeremiah chapter thirty-one, um, we're going to take a look at a few verses there. Thirty-one, thirty-one through thirty-four. And he says to this, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day, that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Hmm. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, mm. saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Mm. That's cool. So, I, you know, Jeremiah teaches us that essentially this gathering will take place, the gathering of the Lord's elect will take place through this new and everlasting covenant, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. It's the fullness of the gospel of sure. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So we would look at that if we look at that from the last day's perspective, right? We understand that that you know Joseph Smith restored the Church of Jesus Christ in right. the latter days, and that incorporated and included the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the new and everlasting covenant. Mm-hmm. And through that, as we look at these verses, there are several promises that Jeremiah gives by accepting and living by this new and everlasting covenant. Well, and, and before you go on there, I, yeah. I think it's important that that in the first verse you read there, um, he's going to put the the law differently to us than what they've had, right? Mm-hmm. That it will be in our hearts is what it says in 34. Yeah. But in, in 32, um, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day I took them out of the land of, e- of, of and bring them out of the land of Egypt, the law of Moses, right? Yeah. That that's going to be done away, that, that you don't need to learn the, the you know, 11 million little laws yeah. you you just need to have this the the general concept in your heart and you'll do it right yeah right the 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 gospel of jesus christ is a is a principled gospel um f- founded on doctrines but principled so that it can move with the people as they need it yeah yeah that's I cool i love that and I just want to make a reference to verse 33 where it says, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts, right? Yeah. You remember if we if we just remember back to Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13, where the Lord says, you know, they draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from right, me. Yeah. And so the reality is, you know, as Jeremiah is speaking about this, this in order for the gospel of Jesus Christ to transform and change our lives, in order for us to be able to obtain and receive the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ and all that entails with all the blessings incorporated with that, the gospel of Jesus Christ has to be written upon our hearts. Yeah, It's not enough to just say, I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ. Sure. It's not enough to just go get baptized. It's not enough to, you know, it's not even enough anymore just to say, well, I read my scriptures the other day for a couple minutes. Right, like, yeah, right? right. Like, like the gospel has to be, written in our hearts in everything that we do yeah and affect all of our actions right yeah. but I, I think about uh, i think about how when when it's in our mouths our lips right it becomes about the things we do it mm-hmm. becomes about the things other people aren't doing it becomes 
very Law of Moses-esque, right? Yeah. Where we're, we're listing uh, the commandments that people should or shouldn't be behaving in uh, and how they're behaving within those commandments, right? And, and uh, for some reason, I feel like man kind of wants that. We kind of want just the list so yeah. I can just check the box, right? But, but the Savior and the, and the fullness of the gospel is really asking us to expand our hearts so that we become yeah. all the things that Christ was and that our Father in Heaven is, right? And, and it's, it's not about a list. Yeah. It's not about a list for us. It's not about a list for the other people around us. And when we're speaking of the list and we're claiming someone else's lack of living the list or whatever, we're missing the whole concept of, yeah. of the plan, right? Yeah, I love that. And, you know, especially thinking about, well, this is really applicable to everybody, but you think about these young single adults and it's not, you know, it's, it's not about what you're saying. It's about who you're becoming. Yeah. Right. And you think you can go sit in an institute class for an hour. Yep. But when you left that, when you leave that class, did you become something right. different than you were when you came? Yeah. You know, are we allowing the gospel of Jesus Christ to transform and change our lives right. rather than just to go sit in a class. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and I've talked about this before probably, but I'm but I'm teaching an answer my gospel questions class right now, right? Yeah. And it's a really cool class because it allows people to come in and answer questions that either they have or or they want answers to eventually, right? The things that, that they're hard topics or whatever. Yeah. And what's interesting is um, when we come in from week to week, you can tell the students that are living it because they go and they find a, a, a question. It's not even their question maybe really but just something that is um, one that they want to have an answer to. And they come back with, all excited, right? They come back and say, look what I found. This, this is how I answer this question now, right? And, and contrast that with some that are coming every week that never have that kind of a experience outside of the class, right? They're having great experiences in the class, but outside of the class, maybe they come and they're, you know, it's not, it's not feeding them at all yeah. more than just... Hey, you know, you yeah. got that on, on last Thursday, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. I like that. Well, and I think sometimes, too, we, we uh, you know, we become distracted. You know, it's like I remember when I attended Institute, it was more about finding an eternal companion right. than it was about hearing the lesson. That there. worked for you, though. Yeah, it yeah. worked. Yeah, it did work. <laughs> but, like, how much did I – I don't know. I mean, yeah, finding an eternal companion was, like, obviously the most important thing I could do. Right, but. But did I allow the gospel to transform and change me in those instances? And yeah. I don't know. I to mean, get, to get into you. Yeah. Well, the other thing I think is a kind of misconception amongst youth and young single adults is, you know, commandments and covenants are not rules and laws to to make you feel restricted. Sure. Covenants and commandments are what empower us mm-hmm. and enable us to yeah. become like Jesus. Yeah, that's well said. In the Doctrine and Covenants, um, the Lord talks about commandments, new commandments being given to us. And he says, commandments, not a few. And then he calls them crowns, crowns of glory. And, uh, you know, the way he sees commandments are the laws that he lives by. You yeah. know, when he gives us a new one, it's a new way to become like him. Yeah. It's a, it's a higher law to live more like him. Um, I, I think erroneously sometimes we feel like God doesn't have to live by any laws. He's God. He can do whatever he wants, right? Yeah. And that's exactly opposite of what's true, right? He he lives by way more laws than you and I do, right? Um, because he sees the benefit of the of the law and is obedient to it because of what it be, makes him become, right? As opposed to feeling restricted, um, it actually gives him all of his power by yeah. ha- by being who he is and yeah. obedient to the laws. All of the power he has comes 
uh, through that obedience. And, and, that. and I think we just see it backwards sometimes. <clears throat> we just see, you know, we, it, we, we, live the, we live in our life here thinking, man, it'll be great in the next life. But, you know, we won't have to, like, go to church. We won't yeah, have right. to, like, it's all church then, yeah. right? Like, it's like, yeah. that's it. It's just the gospel. That's yeah. what we're doing, right? And, uh, and living the plan of salvation and fulfilling that. And, and uh, it really is the opposite, I think, of what yeah. so many uh, think is going to be. And, and it, it's why the celestial kingdom is reserved for those who want to be like God and who want to live the laws and are willing to be obedient to whatever the commands are. Yeah. Uh, even if they're not comfortable commands. Definitely. I think maybe a question to put in here, Matt, would be, are we cultural members of the church yeah. or are we striving to be disciples of Jesus Christ? Yeah, that's well said. And, and maybe just reflect on that because I think often cultural members of the church, their words are great yeah. and they may even be good people, but they aren't, always striving to become, yeah. which is ultimately what we're here to do and yeah. what this covenant is for. Yeah, it's a Sunday membership yeah. with a Thursday night meeting, Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't love meetings necessarily, but I always feel like when, when we walk into meetings and we complain about being in another meeting and we're, you know, what, what are we thinking? Are we, are we thinking that the, the, the plan and the, the gospel's working perfectly the way it is, so we just leave it alone, and from week to week, it'll it'll continue to grow. Yeah. The, the whole purpose of us being here is to learn to do it more like Christ, right? Yeah. And and maybe we need more meetings and to, to sit down and figure out how to do that, and and maybe we can be more efficient outside of our meetings, right? Right. But but, but it's that mentality, right? That is, I don't want to attend another meeting. Yeah. Uh, it, it really just needs to be: Do I need to attend the meeting, and what do I need to bring to the meeting if I'm yeah. going? Right. What What is What is the change that's necessary? Well, and we're kind of going down a rabbit hole right now, sure. but yeah. I, I think in the in the spirit of that, I think we often, as members, uh, just as people, we think, well, what am I going to get out of it? Right. You know, first of all. <laughs> one question to ask yourself is, are you getting anything out of right, it? Yeah, right, yeah. Right? Because some of us just go into a meeting and like stare at a wall for an hour right. and don't hear anything. Yeah. But second of all, we live in a gospel of Jesus Christ where mm. the Savior himself set an example. We put other people first. And the question is not necessarily, what am I going to get out of it? The question should be, what can I contribute yeah. to help others and assist right. others in gathering them to the Lord? By being who I should be, right? Yeah. By being, maybe that takes so. us back in. Jeremiah uh, thirty-one, thirty-four. Yeah, they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, "Know the Lord." Right? Yeah. But they shall know; they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest of them. It, we aren't there, right? Yeah. We're still at a place where we're teaching each other. Yeah. But the goal is to get to the point where everybody that's showing up is is there on their own they know why they're there they're doing it for the right reasons right yeah and and so so as as far down that rabbit hole as we ran i think there's i think there's a way back out of it there yeah. that, that uh it really is about becoming yeah becoming like him i love that there's a quote from neil a maxwell that i think relates to what we're chatting about and it says let us once and for all establish our residence in zion and give up the summer cottage in babylon mm-hmm. And I just love that. You know, we do live in the last days where the new and everlasting covenant has been restored and is continuing to be restored through revelation and line upon line, precept upon precept. But we live in a day when we have the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet sometimes we have one foot in and one foot out. Right. So I think Jeremiah's prophecy and what he's inviting us to do is to to be all in. Yeah. Agreed. Be all in. I agree with that. So Perfect. 
Perfect. Keep us keep us moving. Where else can we go? What else can we look at here? Yeah. So, well, let's jump over to thirty-two and uh, chapter thirty-two, and let's uh, let's go to verse thirty-seven. Okay. Because he continues to kind of talk about this new everlasting covenant and some of the blessings that'll come as a result. Okay. So thirty-seven. Behold, I will gather them out of all the countries whither I have driven them in mine anger and in my fury and in great wrath, and I will bring them again unto this place, and I will cause them to dwell safely. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me forever, for the good of them and of their children after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them, that I will not turn away from them and to do, or to do them good. But I will put my fear in their hearts, that they shall not depart from me. Yea, I will rejoice over them to do them good. And I will plant them in this land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul. For thus saith the Lord, like as I have brought all this great evil upon this people, so will I bring upon them all the good that I have promised them. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah, anything stand out to you there, man? Yeah, I, I love 40, 41. I will plant them in this land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul. I've never really pondered on or thought about the, the Lord doing anything with his whole soul, right? Yeah. His whole heart. Yeah. That's a, that's a, and probably everything he does really is done that way, right? But, but to consider that he's gonna, he's gonna put us in a safe place with everything he has, yeah. right? All the power of the Savior brought to bear to keep me safe and protected and gathered, yeah. right? That's a, that's a lot of power yeah. brought in. You know, we think about how much he could overcome. And the strength that he must have had to do that, and and now he's going to transfer that strength to the gathering. Yeah. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty cool. I love that, and we we know that you know preceding preceding the restoration of of the new and everlasting covenant that there's you know there's great apostasy, right? Sure. And I love just the words that he uses sometimes. Verse forty one: I will plant them mm-hmm. in this land. This this planting has come after he's weeded out. You know, after he's destroyed the wicked and kind of created this environment in which there can be rich nourishment and growth. And just the word plant signifies life. Mm-hmm. And, and the Lord sitting, the Lord saying to us that, you know, I will nourish you. I will give you life. Yeah. I am the life. Yeah. And uh, so I think right now in the world we live in, right, there's so much chaos and so much wickedness, and we're kind of looking around going like, oh, my goodness, we're surrounded by all this. But the reality is the Lord is, is weeding out yeah. and separating the wheats and the tares, right, yeah. and, and, and causing a place that Zion can be established, a place where the righteous can dwell. And I love in here that he promises, as we look in here, um, verse 42, like as I have brought all the... No, so I will. So will I bring upon them all the good that I have promised them. So I think when obviously when Christ returns, the wicked will be destroyed, and it will just be this place of millennial rest where we get to dwell with the Savior. But I think even prior to that, like when the new and everlasting covenant is established, He says, "I will bring upon them all the good that I have promised them." In any, in, in other words. All of the blessings of the Abrahamic covenant, all of the blessings of the covenants you make, you know, in the temple and sure. at baptism, all of these blessings that he has promised throughout time will be will be given to us. Mm, that's really as cool. As we strive to live the gospel of Jesus Christ, even in the midst of darkness. 
Well, and I, I love that. I love that you brought up um, this planting concept, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the last few verses there, and 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 I won't necessarily read them, but um, fields shall be bought in mm-hmm. this land. Men shall buy fields for money and subscribe evidences and seal them. Take witnesses in the land of Benjamin and in the places of Jerusalem and the cities of Judah. Right? It's this concept that the land is unfruitful unless man is running it, unless man is helping him. And, and I don't know whether that is a reference to the land itself or just the places around the earth that we are going to own um, in the gathering, that we're going to say this is a place that, that we're really going to spend time and focus yeah. on gathering the children of Israel into. Um, this is where temples will be. This is where, right, all these things where we can really be fruitful yeah. Um, in those in those cities, in those in those places, right? Yeah. That, that he'll come and allow us to to be part of that. That we get to buy those lands and that we get to own those places with his stamp of approval. Yeah. Uh, on it all, I, I think that's a really cool concept. Yeah, I love that. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Yeah. I also just love verse thirty-eight, and I think this is one that uh, is really important in twenty twenty-two in our world we live. And they shall be my people. And I will be their God. And, and I think covenants are what bind us to God, but they also give us a sense of identity. Mm. Yeah. When we make and keep covenants with Heavenly Father, we are His people and He is our God. We are yeah. tied to Him. And I think so much in our culture that we live in, there are people that have confused identities. Yeah. I mean, that's Satan's whole goal is yeah. to say, you're not the son of God, you're the son of man. Yeah. But as he, as Jeremiah talks about this new and everlasting covenant, I just testify and know that as we make covenants with God, we become his people and him our God. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of 27 back in 32 here. It says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Anything. I'm, I made it all. I created everything. I'm, I'm, I've invented you. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, like, yeah. what can't I do Yeah. if I've created everything you see and everything you are, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm in full control. I will be your God. Totally. Right? And, and that, is, yeah. that is so true. He, he really is when we give him that much, um, that much control in our lives, right? Yeah. So I think to maybe put this all together today and to kind of create a take-home message. Okay. President Nelson has there's there's two really big things there's several things but there's two really big things that he has repeated over and over and over and over again gather israel yeah and hear him yeah. i i get to thinking about whether it's a prophet of ancient or a prophet of today the reality is the message is the same mm-hmm. gather israel and hear the voice of the lord jeremiah is pleading all throughout his book for people to hear god's voice mm-hmm. And so I think in relating that back to our day, and we can even see this in the Book of Mormon, when you look at Third Nephi and you see the coming of Christ yeah. to, the, to the Americas, if you were to look at those chapters in some sort of chronological order going up to Third Nephi 11, you see there's wickedness and there's murders and there's political unrest and there's, there's storms and disasters and all the things we're seeing in the world we're seeing in today. Yep. You get to Third Nephi 10... It talks about the gathering of Israel. Mm-hmm. And then in 3 Nephi 11, just before Christ appears, they're asked to hear the voice of the Lord. They, they're, they're, they're listening. Sure. They're hearing a voice they don't recognize. Yeah. And they're asked to hear, to hear him. 
So if the Book of Mormon and if these scriptures are any sort of foreshadowing of our day, which I believe they are, if you're looking at that at any sort of time frame or any sort of chronological order, I mean, there's a good indication that we are, we truly are heading towards the second coming of Jesus Christ. And those last two things before Christ came to the Americas was gather Israel, hear him. And so I don't think it's any coincidence that the prophet of our day is saying, gather Israel and hear the voice of God. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Yesterday in a class I was in, uh, we got to talking about the second coming and, yeah. and the gathering that's happened before that. And and one of my students said something that was actually kind of a, a, a profound thing. She said, during World War II, do you think that the saints thought it was the, the final battle? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the second world war now, and then we've got... Yeah. The, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people being slaughtered. And I mean, it's all the things that the final battle was supposed to be, right? right? And I said, I don't know, let's, let's take a minute. So we went back and we looked at some prophetic statements of that time. And they were not saying, this is it, we're at the end, right? They, they weren't saying that. They were, they were calling for peace and they were calling for, um, you know, good on earth. But they weren't saying this is the latter day, the last days of the latter days, Christ is coming soon. Get yeah. get your house in order. I mean, they weren't saying those things. And you think about if if the if Christ had come in the fifties, well, first off, you and I wouldn't have been born. Nobody's mm-hmm. living today, mm-hmm. probably, right? And, and uh, or at least the young people, right? And and all of the things that maybe would have happened, um, it, you know, the blacks were restoring to the priesthood, right? I mean, mm-hmm. all the things that needed to that have needed to happen. Yeah. All the hundreds and hundreds of temples that we've got now yeah. are announced, right? And I think about how that wasn't that long ago that prophets weren't saying were there. Yeah. Right? It, during horrible events. Um, and I, I sometimes wonder if uh, the prophecies that we're reading from Jeremiah and, I, and Isaiah and Ezekiel about the destructions that will happen, um, if we're not just living in the middle of it, right? We all, I think sometimes we think it's future events, right? This, this horrible war is going to happen at the end where all the Jewish people will be gathered and slaughtered and and Jerusalem will be laid siege, right? And I think, did all the prophets miss the Holocaust, <laughs> right? Did, yeah. did none of them see the world wars and the right. and the final battles that are going on all around us right now? Yeah. And we wake up and and like Isaiah taught that we will be we can be at rest, right? We wake up and we live in that world and we're at rest generally. We, you know, there's some horrible things going on, but but I don't take it into my home. My home's yeah. a, a peaceful place. And, yeah. And I love that idea. I just I love the idea that. Uh, that it's coming, that we're there, yeah. and we, we need to prepare ourselves for it. Yeah, I think that we can either look at things in life as a coincidence, or we can look at things in life as an evidence. Yeah. And there are many evidences that that these prophecies are being fulfilled, yeah. and that the Savior is, you know, I don't know when that is, but... There's a lot of there's a lot going on in the world that indicates to me that the, the return of Christ is nearing. And uh, so Jeremiah, in his book, he and part of this, he's he's testifying and promising the last days that the Lord will gather His elect yeah. prior to Christ returning. Well, he says it in the end of thirty end of thirty two, right? Yeah. He names a bunch of cities and a bunch of um, places, and then he says, "For I will cause their captivity to return," saith the Lord. Right. That all these places that have been taken captive. They'll come back, mm-hmm. and and that's where we're at. We're we're gathering them yeah. back in now, right? Yeah. And and I don't know how far into that we are, uh, but it doesn't seem like there's there's yeah. a a long time between now and when the Savior comes. I'm, I'm ready. I'm I'm just 
hoping it's sooner than later. But yeah. the reality is, and I always tell this to my wife, that if we live the way the Lord needs us to live, we have no need to fear. Yeah. And President Nelson has even told us in the last couple of years that there's still a lot of peace and a lot of joy that exists and will exist on this earth, even amidst the trials and darkness that are around us. Yeah, and things to look forward so. to. Some of the greatest miracles that he will yeah. ever do yeah. will be done in our day, right? That, yeah. That's, you have to be willing to look for them and see them as miracles, though, right? Totally. I love that. Um, um, Brother John, thank you. This, yeah. is, this has been great. We're uh, grateful for your time here today with us and, and just teaching us a couple of things that are maybe relevant um, to us. Um, Share some closing thoughts. If there's anything you'd want the young people to know um, of our area, people you know and people you love, what would you share with them? What would you want them to know? First of all, just that uh, no matter where they've been, you know, these people have obviously in the book of Jeremiah chosen to not follow the Lord. But yet even in the midst of their mistakes and trials and challenges, he still promises them that he will gather them if they're willing. So to a young single adult out there, it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It matters in, you know, what direction you're facing and where you're heading today. And so if you're on a path of destruction, it's, it's never too late to turn that around and, and to allow the Savior to, to lift you out of that. And I just invite anybody who's listening to today choose the Savior. You know, as for me and my house. Yeah. Brother, thank you. Yeah. Love it. Your, your closing comments there remind me of the just 33.3 in uh, Jeremiah. Call unto me and I will answer thee and shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You know, we, as lost as you might feel, uh, the Lord and maybe only the Lord knows how you're coming back. So just turn it over to him and come back. Amen. Love it, brother. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So good to be with you. You too. We'll be with you again. Okay.